So what is the Kaddish? Kaddish is an Aramaic prayer that essentially just praises God. Can I get one? Thank you. It's an Aramaic prayer that essentially just praises God. Now this prayer is very old. As we've mentioned previously in classes about prayer, that prayers in general date back to the men of the Great Assembly, which were uh, lived at the very, very end of the Persian Empire, um, just before the Greek conquest. Um, we're talking about uh, more, uh, in the 300s BCE, in the mid-300s BCE, so more than 2,300 years ago. So the Kaddish may have been, most of our prayers date back to them, the Kaddish may have been written then, although it was likely written a little bit later. Um, it was likely written in the days of the Mishnah or the Talmud, which is between 1,500 to 1,800 years ago. So it is a very, very, very old prayer. The central line of this prayer, the central line of this prayer are the words, Yehei Shmei Rabbah Mevarach Laolam Olomei Omaya, which means, may God's great name be blessed for na- forever and ever. And so we're asking God to... Um, we're essentially praising God. And that's what the whole prayer does. It basically praises God. So I'm just going to begin. You have the handouts just to go through the beginning part. And then we'll go through the end part later of the Kaddish. As you can see, there are a number of different ver- forms of Kaddish. And we'll get to those shortly. But I'm just going to go through the first five lines over here of the Kaddish. So it starts off with the words, Yitkadal. V'yit Kadash Shemei Rabbah. Exalted and hallowed be his great name. May God be exalted. Then it continues, Ba'alma divra chirotei v'yamlich machotei v'yatzmach perkanei v'karev meshichei. Throughout the world which he has created according to his will, God's name should be exalted, may he establish his kingship, bring forth his redemption, and hasten the coming of Moshiach. And then we continue, Bechayechon, Oviomechon, Ovechayed, Bechobet Yisrael, Bagala, Ovizman, Kariv, Imru, Amen, in your lifetime, in your days, in the lifetime of the entire house of Israel. Sword, famine, and death shall cease from us, from the entire Jewish nation, speedily and soon, and say, Amen. And then we continue, Yehesh, Mei, Rabbah, this is the central part, Mevarach, Olam, Olam, Omaya, Yitbarach, v'yishtabach, v'yitbaer, v'yitraman, v'yitnaseh, v'yithadar, v'yithalev, v'yithalal, shmei dekudsha brichu. May his great name be blessed forever to all eternity, blessed, praised, glorified, exalted, extolled, honored, adored, hallowed be his name, be the name of the Holy One, blessed be he. And then we can, with the, the last of, at least this part is, le'ela min kol birchata v'shirata, tushbechata v'nechamata, Beyond all the blessings, hymns, praises, and consolations that are uttered in the world and say Amen. So we're essentially saying, may God's name be exalted, may God be made great, may everybody recognize Him, which this will come in the future times when Moshiach comes, may this happen speedily in our days. And then we continue by saying, may God's great name be praised and exalted and extolled and honored 
and we want to praise God's name beyond everything else. So it's essentially extolling God's greatness and calling for God to be recognized by all of creation. It's a very, very powerful prayer. And it essentially represents the life mission of the Jewish people. God placed us here and made a covenant with us and gave us a mission. And our goal is to make God's name recognized throughout the entire world. We are here to light up the world, to be a light to the nations. And what we mean by that is to make God's, God be recognized among all the nations. God and God's commandments and God's values um, recognized throughout the entire world. That is the goal of our people, and that is the goal of every single Jew. And this will, of course, come about in the truest way with the future redemption, with the coming of Moshiach. We believe as Jews that we will reach a time of perfection when our world will reach perfection. We did a class about that a couple months ago. Um, And so when that time comes, with the coming of Moshiach, when we reach that point of perfection, everyone will then recognize God. So that is the Kaddish. Um, that is what the Kaddish is about. That is the meaning of the Kaddish in short. Now the Kaddish is not in Hebrew. The Kaddish, now the word Kaddish I should just mention, the name Kaddish means holy. In Hebrew, the Hebrew term you would say for it would be Kadosh, holy. Um, in Aramaic, it's just an Aramaic form. Aramaic is very similar to Hebrew. The Aramaic form of saying that is Kaddish means holy, and it's essentially declaring God's holiness, extolling God, and asking that God be recognized throughout our world. So the Kaddish is in Aramaic. A number of reasons are given for the Kaddish being in Aramaic. Most simply, Aramaic was the spoken language by our people for a very long time, longer than perhaps any other language. Aramaic was spoken by our people from, we stopped speaking Hebrew after the destruction of the second temple, uh, of the first temple, sorry, um, which is, according to our traditions, um, about, in the, about 420 B.C. Um, and so we're talking about more than 1,400 years ago, we stopped speaking. Uh, we, we ended up in Babylon, and gradually we stopped speaking Hebrew, and we started speaking the language of what was the Babylonian the empire, which was Aramaic, and throughout the Middle East, everybody spoke Aramaic at the time. And we spoke that all the way through until the 600s. So a period of about a thousand years. All the way through to the 600s, we spoke Aramaic was the main language of the Jewish people. Um, Throughout most Jewish lands, um, we spoke Aramaic all the way through to the mid-600s. By the mid-600s, with the Muslim conquest, Jews began to speak, at least the Muslim lands began to speak Aramaic. And over time, Jews in Latin lands began to speak, and Greek lands began to speak Jewish versions of Greek and Latin. So since Aramaic was a spoken language for so long, and the Kaddish was composed during this period, it was composed in Aramaic. Another reason given why it was composed in Aramaic, given by the Zohar, is that Aramaic is an unholy language. In other words, unlike Hebrew, which is a holy language, it's just a regular language. And because the goal of Kaddish is for God to be recognized by all, therefore it's spoken in essentially a not the holy tongue, not the holy language. For whatever reason, like many of our Aramaic prayers, um, 
once, because they were originally written by our great sages, we didn't want to adjust them, even once we no longer spoke Aramaic, and therefore we continued to recite them in Aramaic, and we still continue to recite the Kaddish in Aramaic um, until today. So that is, the, um, that is the Kaddish prayer. Now, when is the Kaddish prayer said? So the Kaddish is recited at different points in our prayer, as well as on different occasions. Some Kaddishim, as we'll see, are recited by the Chazan, or the Cantor, during prayers. Some Kaddishim, Kaddishim is plural for Kaddish, are recited by mourners, and we'll talk about that in a moment. And some can be recited by anybody. So, now the Kaddish, because it is a very holy prayer, um, speaking of God's great name, is considered what we call a Davar Shebikdusha, a matter of holiness. And any holy ritual in Judaism that is considered holy, has a holy status, can only be done with a minion, which is a group of ten men together. So the Kaddish, therefore, is also recited only when there are ten men in the room. And this replies, applies to every davar shebikdusha, every holy matter in Judaism. So um, because of its great holiness, the Kaddish is recited, the person who recites the Kaddish must stand, while reciting the Kaddish, they faced east towards Jerusalem, or wherever you are, towards Jerusalem, while reciting um, the Kaddish. And, um, <coughs> and the person who says it stands at attention with their feet together as we stand by the Amida, by the silent prayer, while reciting the Kaddish. Now, yes, Tom? Rabbi, you say this is in Aramaic, yet in our prayer books Zidur, we see it written in Hebrew. That so is an Aramaic, excellent question. Does Aramaic have its own uh, alphabet, or was it derivative? That is an excellent question. Um, it's a little bit off topic, but I'm going to address it anyway. Um, so, uh, because it's fascinating. So, we today think of letters of um, uh, the alphabet, if you will, as belonging to different languages. However, they truly don't. In other words, we today don't write in English letters. They're not English letters at all. They didn't come from England. Um, but rather, while we speak the English language, we write in Latin letters. Um, and so, there aren't all, while there are many languages, there aren't all that many alphabet. Um, so, historically, when people spoke different languages, they used an existing alphabet to write in their own language. So, for example, um, Muslims in different countries wrote, had Arabic letters where they wrote in Arabic, but then they also wrote in, um, they also use Arabic to write Farsi or to write other languages. They use Arabic letters. Um, so in the same way, Jews have spoken many different languages. We generally, since the last 2,400 years, we have not spoken Hebrew as a spoken language until the creation of the modern state of Israel. Uh, we have spoken many other Jewish languages, including a Jewish Aramaic, Jewish Arabic, which is still spoken in some places today, um, Jewish, a Jewish Latin, which was called Laaz, and um, Yiddish, of course, which is a Germanic Jewish language. But we always wrote all our Jewish languages in Hebrew alphabet. Ladino, too. So Ladino, too. All Jewish languages would be written in Hebrew alphabet. Um, and in fact, all Jewish, many, Jew, many Jewish books were written in Jewish Arabic, including all of Maimonides' works, but they're all written with Hebrew alphabet. 
So um, Aramaic, Jewish Aramaic was always written with Hebrew alphabet. Um, I don't know what, what alphabet the non-Jews used. Um, but it was always written with Hebrew alphabet. And uh, just as Yiddish was and still is written in Hebrew alphabet. Thank you. So, um, so yes, Debbie. Um, you said it has to be ten men. Generally, not. Can you make a minion of women as well as a separate question? Um, women during services is a class that we did some time ago. Uh, maybe we should do it again. Um, but it's, it's a topic for itself. We can talk about it afterwards. So, um, so Kaddish is also recited, in addition to being recited in the synagogue, Kaddish is also recited at different special occasions, such as after, in, in mourning, after a burial it's recited, at an unveiling, at a memorial service. It's also said after many different religious services, such as when we do the blessing of the moon, um, or when we finish, when we do a seal, when we finish a book of the Talmud, we also recite the Kaddish as well. Now, there are a number of different variations of Kaddish, or in other, in other words, there are a number of different types of Kaddish that are recited. Um, there are some very specific Kaddishes for specific occasions, such as a burial, such as a, um, when we finish a uh, book in the Talmud. I'm not going to deal with those Kaddishes, but they're in our general day-to-day -day prayers, we generally use four <coughs> different versions of the Kaddish. As you can see on top of the handout that I handed out, there are four different versions of the Kaddish. We have what's called the half Kaddish. We have the full Kaddish, the mourner's Kaddish, and the Rabbanan Kaddish. And each of the four different types of Kaddish serves a different purpose. The first kind of Kaddish is called the half Kaddish. The half Kaddish, half, because it only has those first five lines, and then it stops. It's essentially the short Kaddish. And this Kaddish is used throughout our prayers in order to split between different sections of the prayer. So when we finish part one of prayer, before we begin part two of prayer, we will say a half Kaddish. When we finish part two, before we begin part three, we will say a half Kaddish. So between different parts of our prayer, we will say different half Kaddishes. Um, generally, there are two half Kaddishes recited every single day. In the Chabad custom, there are, there are sorry, there, generally, sorry, there are three half Kaddishes recited every day. In the Chabad custom, there are four Kaddishes recited. On days we read the Torah, there are five half Kaddishes recited because we do want after the Torah reading to split to the next thing. So, um, so the, the number of half Kaddishes vary, and they're always to split different parts of our prayer. In between parts of our prayer, we recite the Kaddish. That is the half Kaddish. It is the cantor who leads the services that will always recite the half Kaddish. Then there is the full Kaddish. The full Kaddish adds three extra lines. It firstly adds the line that you can see in the pink. Titkabel tzloton uvaoton dechol bet Yisrael kadom avohon divishmaya v'imru amen. May the prayers and supplications of the entire house of Israel be accepted before their Father in heaven and say amen. Then we add two lines about peace. Yehei shlama rabba minshmaya. 
וכיסתה ורחמים וחיין עריכין ומזרנה רוויחה ופרקנה מן קדם אבון דבשמאי ואמרמן may there be abundant peace from heaven and a good life for all of us and all of Israel and say Amen and then and then we finish עושה שלום במרומיו who Yaseh Shalom, Aleinu Vakol Yisrael Vimramein, he who makes peace in his heavens may make peace for all of us and all of Israel and say Amen. And so, um, so this is the full Kaddish. Now I'll talk soon about some of the there's different uh, variations of each Kaddish itself. And you may, have, those who have said Kaddish before, may have noticed uh, the ones that we're quoting here are actually not the one that we do, the ones exactly as we do here in this synagogue. I'll talk about those in a moment. Um, so the full Kaddish is said after every Amida prayer. So after the Amida prayer, the Amida prayer is the main part of our prayer, um, or known as also as the Shemona Esrei, where we do 18 or 19 blessings, um, silent, the silent prayer. And so whenever we finish the Amida prayer at the end, the cantor always recites the full Kaddish. And the Kaddish essentially adds the line, asking God to accept our prayers that the prayers and supplications of the house of Israel be accepted before God. So we're asking God to accept our prayers. And then we add two lines. And then we add two lines about um, asking God for peace as well. And that's, um, and that's because peace is always the most important thing. In our Amida prayer, we add peace at the, we add a request for peace at the end. And here in the Kaddish as well, we add a request asking God for peace for us and for all of Israel um, at the end of the Kaddish as well. So that is, um, that is the two Kaddishes that are recited by the cantor. Um, the half Kaddish to split between different parts of our prayer and the full Kaddish after every Amida prayer is recited. Then we have, I'm going to skip the mourner's Kaddish, I'm going to get to that in a moment. Then we have the Rabbanan Kaddish. The Rabbanan Kaddish or the Rabbi's Kaddish is essentially a Kaddish that adds a line asking God to pray for all of those who study Torah, or the scholars and those who study Torah, or to protect and help all those who study Torah. In the Hebrew, it's on the um, orange at the end, Al Yisrael, Va'al Rabbanan, Va'al Tamidehon, I'll read in the English, upon Israel, upon our sages, upon their disciples, upon all their, the disciples of their disciples, upon all those who occupy themselves with Torah here, or in any place, upon them and upon you. May there be abundant peace, grace, kindness, compassion, long life, ample sustenance and deliverance from their Father in heaven, and say, Amen. So it's asking God to protect all those who study Torah, and then we add at the end two lines about priests, Yeheshlam Araba, and Oseh Shalom Bim Ramav, those two lines about peace. And so when is the Rabbanan Kaddish recited? So the Rabbanan Kaddish is recited whenever we study from the oral teachings, whenever we study the Torah, um, not the written Torah, but the oral parts of the Torah, um, the Talmud or the Mishnah from our oral teachings. At the end, we, we recite that Kaddish. We recite the Rabbanan Kaddish. You would only do so if you're studying with a minion, with a group of ten men. You would at the end recite the Rabbanan um, Kaddish. Now, in many communities, the custom is that every time there's a class and there are ten men there, they recite the Rabbanan Kaddish every single time. 
Um, in other communities, over time, we have stopped reciting the Rabbanan Kaddish after every class and only do it after study during our prayer. So there are certain points in our prayer where we actually study, we read parts of the Torah, and during and after those parts, we would recite then the Rabbanan Kaddish, this um, rabbi's Kaddish, essentially asking God to protect the rabbis. Who recites the Rabbanan Kaddish? Anybody can recite the Rabbanan Kaddish, anybody who studied. Um, you don't need to be the cantor because it's not necessarily said as part of a prayer. Um, and so anybody essentially can recite the Rabbanan Kaddish. Yes? Where it says Yisrael or Beis Yisrael, is it referring to people? And people not, of Israel, yes. Not the land specifically. No, the people of Israel. House of Israel. Israel is the name of our people. Okay, but it's not peace for everybody in the whole world? It's only for... For Israel. We pray for our people. And so then we have a fourth type of Kaddish. Now the fourth kind of Kaddish came a little bit later. The fourth kind of Kaddish, we don't know exactly when it began. Um, and this is called the mourner's Kaddish. And I should just mention, having mentioned these last two lines, when we say Ose Shalom, which is a prayer that we say, um, the last line, which is we say at the end of the Kaddish, uh, these three types of Kaddish, as well as when we say, we say it at the end of our Amida prayer, our Shemona Esrei prayer, the three times a day prayer that we do. We say it at the end of that, asking God for peace. We also say it at the end of our uh, benching, at the end of our um, blessing after food. But when we do it at the end of the Amidah, at the end of the Kaddish, um, our custom is to take three steps back before saying, Ose Shalom. In other words, we're taking leave of God. And so we take three steps back um, and say, Ose Shalom. And when we say, Ose Shalom, we bow um, because Ose Shalom, Bim Ramab, means he who makes peace in his heavens between his angels. And what that means is that there are different angels that have different roles. And God works that all the angels, some of them have opposing roles. Um, some are roles of judgment and some are roles of kindness. And God works all of them together so that they create a perfect world. And so just as God makes everything fit perfectly among the angels, God should make everything per fit perfectly with us because we're speaking about the angels of kindness and the angels of judgment. Therefore, we turn to the right, which is mm -hmm. kindness, the side of kindness and the side of judgment as we say these words, Ose Shalom Bim Ramav. So we take three steps back. We say, Ose Shalom Bim Ramav, and we turn to the right. And then we say, We um, Ose Shalom, and we turn to the left. And then we conclude by bowing forward. Um, there is also a custom mentioning the bowing that I did not mention earlier, that as we recite the Kaddish, um, we also bow throughout the Kaddish, both when we say at the end of the first line, Yitkadal v'yitkadash me Rabbah, we say Shmei Rabbah, um, we bow, as well as when we get to the third line, Ba'gala ovizman kariv v'imru amen, we bow again, and then when we say at the beginning of the fourth line, Yehei Shmei Rabbah, we bow a third time, and then when we say the end of the fifth line, Da'miran ba'ma v'imru amen, we bow again a fourth time. So we bow multiple times to God throughout the reciting the Kaddish. And that's, of course, common throughout our prayers that we bow to God. So, um, so now this, let's talk now about this fourth type of Kaddish called the mourner's Kaddish. So the um, Midrash tells us a very, very interesting story. There was a great sage called Rabbi Akiva. Um, and... Um, 
We're all uh, familiar with Rabbi Akiva, one of the greatest sages. We did a class about him some time ago. Um, and so Rabbi Akiva, we're told, was one time going down the street, and he met a, he sees somebody who's carrying a very, very heavy um, load of logs of wood. And he says, can I help you? And the man says, no, you cannot help me. Can I lighten your load? No, you cannot help me. Rabbi Akiva says, why not? He says, I am a soul. I'm not a person. And I am taking these logs to... um, I'm taking these logs to my um, uh, jailers or who, who every day pile up these logs and they burn me on these logs. I have to carry the, gather the logs, carry them, and then they burn me again on these logs. And this is, of course, as we spoke a few weeks ago, when we spoke about the afterlife. Um, this is, of course, a metaphor. Of course, souls don't look like people whatsoever, but it was presumably a dream or a vision that Rabbi Akiva had, and of course, the person does not get physically burned in the afterlife because you're not a physical body, but this person was presumably, whatever the metaphor is, means was being severely punished. And so Rabbi Akiva asks him, why are you being punished so severely? And he said, I'm being punished because in my lifetime I had the job, I was a Roman tax collector. Now today nobody likes the IRS, um, but if you don't like the IRS today, at least they're supposedly fair. They treat everyone the same. In Rome, it looked, in Rome, it worked a little bit different. In Rome, essentially, the people got the job of tax collector. And the way it worked was that you would be told that in this region you're the tax collector, and you have to collect X amount of taxes in this region. And you get commission from the taxes that you collect. Now, how are you going to collect the taxes? You figure that out yourself. So, you, of course, they had... Um, soldiers or police at their disposal, um, the force of the law behind them, you can do it however you like. So the tax collectors, as you can imagine, if they were honest and fair, then they could in theory figure out how to levy a fair tax on everyone. In reality, though, it didn't work that way. They were all corrupt, and um, they used force, and they charged whoever they wanted, however much they wanted. And so they were very, nobody liked the tax collectors then. Um, they were not good people. And they would sometimes use all sorts of force to um, get money out of people and blackmail and all sorts of other things. So they had the power of the state behind them. So anyway, this fellow had the lucky job of being a tax collector in his lifetime. So when he came to the afterlife, he had been such a horrible person that they were punishing him very severely. So Rabbi Akiva says, is there anything I can do to help you? He says, there's only one thing that you can do. I have a son in this and this village. (laughs) He's running around on the streets. He has no father. If you find my son, teach him to read. And teach him to read the Kaddish. Then he can say Kaddish for my soul. And then he will be able to save me. And so Rabbi Akiva goes and he finds this son. He's on the streets. He teaches him Hebrew. He teaches him to read. And he teaches him to recite the Kaddish and gets him to go to synagogue to recite the Kaddish for the, this departed soul. 
Um, and so that is at least the first source that we have for this concept of mourner's Kaddish, where somebody who loses a loved one says the Kaddish in honor of their loved one. And so um, it's not clear that it was a prevailing custom for everyone to do it when exactly it started. It appears to have started in the Gaonic period, which is a period between about the 600s and 1,000, so about a 350-year period. Um, so it appears to have started around then. Um, this custom, based on the Midrash, that it reciting the Kaddish can bring salvation to a soul. The custom that people who lost loved ones, particularly children who lost their parents, sons who lost their parents, would recite Kaddish for their parents. And so um, the Kaddish that they would recite... Um, would be what's called the Mourner's Kaddish. Now, the Mourner's Kaddish is the first five lines that we had before, and then the last two lines about peace. They would recite this Kaddish, and it's become a custom in all Jewish communities when someone dies to say Kaddish for the person who has died. Ideally, the son should say Kaddish for their parents. The Kaddish, why does the Kaddish help somebody who has died? So, when someone who dies, the greatest tragedy of death is that they cannot grow any longer. Throughout our lifetime, we're growing, we're developing, we're learning, and hopefully we are doing, we are accomplishing and achieving. We were placed here, we believe every person was placed here for a mission. We all have a purpose why we're here on earth. And throughout our lifetime, we are working to fulfill that purpose. We're working through our good deeds, through the mitzvahs that we do. We are working to fulfill that purpose. The ultimate goal of that purpose for a Jew is for God to be recognized in our world. That's the ultimate goal. And so once someone dies, though, they can no longer grow anymore. The greatest tragedy of death is that we continue growing without our loved ones. We continue living without them. In other words, we go through life milestones. We go through stages in life. We continue growing and they stay at the point that they died, they cannot grow anymore. So, and from a Jewish perspective, they cannot grow spiritually anymore. So what we can do then is, the way that they can continue growing is by us doing a mitzvah on their behalf. And for that reason, we have a tradition to study Torah on behalf of people who have departed, um, to do mitzvahs on behalf of people who departed, particularly to give tzedakah, charity, the greatest of mitzvahs on behalf of people who have departed, on behalf of our loved ones who have died. Um, but the greatest of all, the greatest thing a person can do on earth is to praise God and declare God's greatness. And so praising God, since they can no longer do it, the greatest thing we can do for our loved ones is praise God on their behalf. So saying Kaddish, we are told, um, for the deceased, eases any suffering that they may have in the next world. As we explained a couple weeks ago, when we spoke about afterlife, we believe that when a soul dies, they continue in a spiritual plane, but they have to work through all the negative things that they've done in this world, and that could be painful, having to deal with all of the negative things. And so as we say Kaddish for them, that eases their suffering. But even for righteous people, people have done nothing wrong in their lifetime and have no work, nothing to um, work through in their death, um, we still say Kaddish for them because the Kaddish helps the soul rise to greater and greater spiritual levels. 
So therefore it is a custom when someone dies, the children of the deceased always say Kaddish for that person. When do we say Kaddish? So firstly, we say Kaddish by the funeral. We say the children of the son say Kaddish. Then we say Kaddish also by the unveiling. They'll say Kaddish later. And then we say Kaddish also if we do a memorial service, usually on the 30th day after passing, after uh, burial, we do a shloshim, a memorial service. We'll also say the Kaddish. But then also, by every, uh, by every prayer, they would say the Kaddish. There's some variation here in Sephardic communities. They would say a chapter of Psalms, and at the end of the Psalms, they would say Kaddish. In Ashkenazi communities, we say the Aleinu prayer, which we say at the end of every prayer, and at the end of the Aleinu prayer, we say the Kaddish. Now, um, the Kaddish is said by the sons of the deceased for 11 months from the date of passing. The reason is because the process of the soul moving from this world on into the next world is generally a 12-month process. However, only the worst people take 12 months. And for most people, it takes 11 months. And so therefore, we say Kaddish, therefore the uh, tradition is to say Kaddish for 11 months from the date of passing. We start from the date of passing, and we count 11 months, and 11 Hebrew Jewish months, that is. And we say Kaddish for 11 months from the date of passing. We also then, every year, on the anniversary of the person's passing, which the Yiddish word for that is the Yartzeit, the anniversary that is on the Hebrew date, uh, we also, the sons, again, recite the Kaddish, and that's because we have a tradition that every year on the anniversary of passing, the soul rises to a higher level, and the Kaddish helps the soul rise to higher levels. Now, in earlier times... Yes, Don? When I went back east where my father was interned, I visited his grave, and I said a Kaddish... (coughs) I don't want to comment on whether that was the wrong thing to do, but generally we say we need a minion to say Kaddish. So in you mention this guy? No. Okay. So now, in earlier times, the way they would do it is that at, during our prayers, um, at the end of the prayers, they would have in Sephardic communities they would recite a chapter of Psalms, and Ashkenazi communities Aleno, and at the end they would have one mourner say Kaddish. And the mourners, the sons, who's, in other words, the people whose fathers died, would, or mothers died, would say, would take turns, and would say, Kaddish, everybody would get a chance. Now, unfortunately, what happened was, some people took this very, very seriously. Um, they didn't want their parents to miss out. And sometimes there were fights over whose turn it was to say Kaddish. <laughs> and so at a certain point, this is going back some five, six hundred years, um, at a certain point, Many synagogues instituted that instead of one person saying Kaddish and fighting over who says Kaddish, everybody should say the Kaddish. In addition, when we mentioned, in addition to the mourner's Kaddish, there is also the Rabbanan Kaddish, the rabbi's Kaddish that we say at the end of studying different things. We say this Rabbanan Kaddish in the morning at the very beginning of our prayers because we have a little study at the very beginning of our prayers and then we recite the Rabbanan Kaddish. And so, again, anybody could recite it. So the mourners always wanted to recite this Kaddish as well. And so generally the mourners would recite it and take turns. When 
there was the same problem with taking turns. They instituted that everybody recite, all the mourners, that is, recite the Rabbanan Kaddish as well. They all recite it together. However, the half Kaddish and the full Kaddish, which are both said by the cantor, is only said by the cantor and not said by mourners. Now, it is ideal for a mourner, that is a son whose parents has died, to recite as many Kaddishes as they can, including the half Kaddish and the Titkabel Kaddish. It's ideal that they should all be recited by the mourner. So to do that, mourners who can try to lead the daily services every day so that they are able to say the Kaddish. If they can lead the daily services three times a day, then they get to say the Kaddish. And so in many synagogues, the mourner will try to lead the services. If there's more than one mourner in the minion, sometimes if there's enough people, they'll make two minions. If there's not, then again, they get to this taking turns um, and they try to figure it out. Um, So now the mourners who do lead services can only lead services on regular days. It is forbidden for a mourner to lead services on Shabbat or festivals um, because of the holiness of Shabbat and the festival. Somebody who's in a state of mourning should not lead the services. And so um, therefore they only lead the services when it's not Shabbat or a festival. So now, who says the Kaddish? Which mourners say the Kaddish? So generally, it is the role of the son to say Kaddish for their parents, for the mother, for the father. It is the role of the son to say Kaddish. In fact, in Yiddish, people would call their sons their Kaddish because the sons are the ones who recite Kaddish for the parents. They go to shul and they recite Kaddish. They cannot recite it alone. They have to recite it with a minion, which is why we always try to find a minion for a funeral whenever possible or for an unveiling in order that we should have a minion to be able to recite the um, Kaddish. But it is the son's role to recite the Kaddish for their parents. What if there are only daughters? Or what if the daughters want to recite the Kaddish and show with a minion? So... The, this, this was already discussed along uh, many, this is an old question. And the tradition is that women cannot lead services, and this is for our later discussion. Um, Jewish law, Jewish traditions do not allow women to re- lead services in Judaism. Uh, but they are allowed to recite the Kaddish. So therefore they cannot recite the Kaddish alone, because then they would be leading the Kaddish, leading the service. But if the Kaddish is being recited... Um, which it can be recited regardless, then the women recite, can recite Kaddish alongside. So traditionally, um, generally, throughout much of Jewish history, Jewish women did not recite Kaddish for their fathers unless there were no brothers. Um, But many Jewish women throughout history did recite Kaddish for their fathers, and they definitely can come to shul three times a day, morning, afternoon, and evening, and or as much as they like, and recite the Kaddish. What if there are no children that can recite the Kaddish, or the children live in a place or are not able to make it three times a day to a minion to recite the Kaddish? So another relative, such as a grandchild, a sibling, a parent, somebody else, can re- another relative can recite the Kaddish on behalf of the deceased, but ideally a relative should do it. What if no relative can recite the Kaddish? 
So then someone should be hired to recite the Kaddish for the deceased. And while you may have a good friend that may do it out of the goodwill of their heart, um, ideally someone should be hired because in other words it should be actually that they're not just, if they're relative they have a natural connection to the deceased. Um, if they're just doing it out of the goodness of their heart, it's a wonderful thing that they're doing, but there's no direct connection to the deceased. By hiring them, you're essentially creating that connection. So ideally, they should be hired to do so. Um, we, because we don't, unfortunately, yet have afternoon minions here in this synagogue, we don't have a service where we hire, where we will have someone that you can pay to do the Kaddish, but there are other synagogues here in Los Angeles, or you could do it even in Israel, if you want to say Kaddish for a loved one. Um, and so we refer people to other synagogues that, will, that have someone that you can hire to say the Kaddish three times a day. However, it's important to point out, somebody to who, whose both their parents are alive, if someone has both their parents alive, it is forbidden for them to recite the mourner's Kaddish because it is disrespectful to their parents. So sometimes I am asked to recite the mourner's Kaddish, and thank God my parents are alive and well, and uh, I will never recite the mourner's Kaddish, and I will always defer, find somebody else in shul, and make sure there's someone there who has lost parents who, unfortunately, who will be able to recite the Kaddish. Somebody, somebody whose parents are alive should never recite the Kaddish. It's only for an orphan, somebody who doesn't have parents. So... Both parents or one parent? Yeah. One parent. That's a very good question. Um, as soon as one parent dies, we recite the Kaddish for that parent that has died. Mm-hmm. Um, in many communities, there is a custom that to recite the, parent, the Kaddish for anybody else other than the parent that has died, one asks permission from the living parent before doing so. Um, so many communities have that custom, but they can at least recite the Kaddish. Somebody who has both parents should never recite Kaddish. Mm-hmm. So now there are some variations between communities. I, I think I may have mentioned earlier, there are variations between the different Kaddishes. There's Sephardic versions, there's Ashkenazic versions. Um, the main variation is um, the words, Viatzmach Perkanei Vikarev Meshichei, and I know a lot of people get confused um, that Sephardic Jews and Hasidic Jews say, and Ashkenazic Jews do not. Um, so there are some variations, but they're mostly the same, the different Kaddishes. There are also variations between communities as to how many times in each prayer the Kaddish should be said. Um, many communities will do one mourner's Kaddish per prayer, either the Sephardic, Sephardic Jews after a Psalms at the end, or Ashkenazic Jews after the Aleinu. Um, the, uh, the, in addition, there are seven Kaddishes that are recited by the cantor every single day between three, there's three daily prayers, so we do three Kaddish titkabels that are done after the daily prayer, and then there's an additional four half Kaddishes that are done every day to split different parts of the prayer. So altogether that makes 10 Kadeshim. The Ari, the great teacher of Kabbalah, teaches that, one, that, I, that every synagogue should recite 10 Kadeshim every day. And this is actually alluded, alluded to in the name Yitzchak, the name Yitzchak, one of our forefathers. Yitzchak has made up of four letters, Yud, Tzadik, Chet, and... Um, uh, uh, sorry, so, alluded to in the name, in the word tzaddik, my mistake. Alluded to in the word tzaddik, righteous one, and um, the, it has the letters tzaddik, dalad, yud, and kuf. The tzaddik is that a person should recite amen 90 times every day. Um, 
the Dalet, a person should recite the Kedusha, the praises for the angels, four times every day. The Yud, we should hear the Kaddish being said ten times every day. And the Kuf, one should recite a hundred blessings every day. Um, the other things will, are for different classes. The Chabad custom actually is to recite Kaddish 16 times every day. So over the three prayers, we do Kaddish 16 times. So Kaddish is considered, Kaddish is considered the most powerful prayer in Judaism. And therefore, that's why it is so important people go to great lengths to be able to recite Kaddish, to be able to hear Kaddish, particularly to recite Kaddish for the deceased, to make minions, to be wherever they are. Um, often you'll be in different places and people will try to find a minion um, to recite. I know when you, if you go like, to Disneyland, there's always people looking. Uh, or you go to other places, sometimes in the airports, you'll find people looking for a minion because they need to recite the Kaddish. Um, so it's very important to be able to recite the Kaddish and it's the greatest gift we can give to our parents after their passing. The Talmud tells us that by reciting the Kaddish, God forgives us for bad things that we may have done. Um, we are forgiven by, through praising God and he opens the doors of Gan Eden, of the Garden of Eden and allows our loved ones in. And the Talmud tells us that the great sage Rabbi Yossi once met Elijah the prophet who told him that every time we recite the Kaddish, God says, my children are praising me so much I regret having destroyed the temple and sent them to exile. Um, it is time to bring them back. And so if we recite Kaddish enough times, God will bring the future redemption. And we're told in the Talmud that God waits every day for us to praise him with the Kaddish, to recognize his presence in this world and commit to living. It's not just recognizing God, but to commit to living a godly life. So the Kaddish is really a very powerful prayer for everyone to hear, to say, for particularly for mourners to say after the loss of their loved ones. Hopefully we have now a little clarity over the different types of Kaddish, the four types of Kaddish, and also um, the, particularly the role of the mourners to say the mourners Kaddish as well as the Rabbanan Kaddish three times a day in the different prayers.